Hello, and welcome to the Mostly Normal Gainers podcast, episode 143, recording Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. I'm your host, Chris, at The Salty Sternum, and today I am joined by the one, the only, Angie Stellar Smalls. What's going on, Angie? You know, I have mosquito bites. Ooh. Uh, two on my head, and I think I have like a couple on my arms and maybe my leg, but it's just the first ones of the year, surprisingly, and I'm just itchy. Oh, I, I mean, props to you for making it through most of the summer avoiding it was, mosquito bites. I don't know how, maybe because I didn't really do too much summer stuff until now. <laughs> so that's probably why I'm getting them now. <laughs> the summer speed run. You're yeah. trying to cram it all in and you get the uh, mosquito bites. Oh, yeah. Not protecting yourself. No. Uh, How are you? I'm I'm doing well. I'm happy to be recording an episode. Yes. Um, I've had I've had the bug, the gamer bug, has bitten me, and so I've been playing a lot of board games with friends and and trying to actually play video games for once. So um, that's been really exciting too. Board um, games spe- are fun though. Oh my gosh, yeah. We um, I my friend went to Gen Con, which is like the big board game convention in Indianapolis. Yes. He came back with this cool card game called Marvel Remix, so it uses, like, Marvel characters, and it plays super fast. It's super fun. Cool. Um, That sounds awesome, actually. Yeah, and it's, like, not actually, like, super available yet because it was, like, only available at Gen Con at first. Oh, so he has, like, an exclusive pack. Yeah, and he has an exclusive card that was only being given away as a promotion at Gen Con. Oh, shit. You have to protect that one, put it in the sleeve or something. Yeah, Squirrel Girl is worth 20 bucks on eBay or something. Oh, wow. Anyways, um, before we jump into what we've been playing uh, physical edition, uh, we're going to do a little bit of a speed run of an episode. Uh, speaking of summer speed runs, uh, if you want to be a part of the conversation or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, reach out to us on Twitter at MN Gamers Podcast. If you don't tweet, shoot over an email the good old-fashioned way to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. That's our website. Please check it out. Go check out back issues of the Mostly Normal Monthly magazine at mngamers.substack.com. And finally, reach out to our Google Voice and Google Text line at yes. 507-291-2991 to be featured on a future episode with your comment, concern, question, or even a little bit of a review. With that, other than tabletop games in the realm of Chris. What have we been playing? Angie, I will always want to start with you. What have you got going on? Um, well, I, I beat uh, the first Gears of War again. Just I'm playing through the series again. I just like that series. It's one of my favorites. Oh, nice. Um, what going. difficulty do you play through on, on your replays? I'm so curious. I try to go up a level just to see... I mean, and it's been a while too, so it was a little bit more difficult, but I liked the challenge. But I like, now I know where most of the collectibles are, so I just try to find those as I'm going through things. And I know, like, this area got really big, or really stuck on, so I'm going to try to do it this other way or something. You know, try to remember how I played it the first time around. Um, I'm now starting Gears of War 2, so I'm excited about that. I just started it, though, so really freshy fresh into that. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't, I'm kind of like taking my time with this one because I'm scared to go on to Gears of War 3 because mm. specific character 
passes right, away. Right. <laughs> it you makes have to me so sad. Your trauma. I know it makes me so sad. Um, but yeah, and then I've been here and there playing um, Valhalla. Right now, I'm at the part. If people know, um, have played it, which I mean, it's been out for what, like a year right now or so. Um, where I'm at Asgard, it's like I'm in my dream realm with the all um. the seer. Um, so I drink this weird elixir and then I go into this dream realm where I'm at the, like where I'm in Asgard, where it's like a city in the clouds. It's where like the gods are. Like I started a fight with Thor, which was really interesting and he is very oh, cool. aggressive and I like it. I didn't <laughs> anticipate him actually being in the game. So it was really, I was like, Oh, that's a nice surprise. Um, so I'm, I'm there now, but I went in as a level 59 and I'm supposed to be a level 90. So it's a little bit Whoa. more difficult. <laughs> so you're, you're like far, far below level par. Oh yeah. I'm still going through it, but it's taking more time and that's fine. I just have to do more dodges and be more skilled with my attacks, which mm. whatever. It, usually I try to like just fight through things and continue on, but now I have to take my time and rethink things. So. Yeah. Basically what I'm what I've been doing but I haven't been doing like hardcore gaming cuz of trying to fit summer in before summer ends. So. The summer squeeze. <laughs> yeah, the summer squeeze. Exactly. Oh, amazing. Well, um you beat, speaking speaking you, of feeling underleveled for content, I, I in order to beat Elden Ring, I had to get overleveled. Oh, really? Um, I I I it, it's hard for me to tell. I was like certain parts I was looking online for like recommended level. And like, I think I was like 20 levels above what the like people who post on the wikis say, but those are also like the most hardcore Elden Ring players from what I understand. So I beat Elden Ring. Um, I was like pretty thoroughly impressed by the spectacle of the game through the, through the ending. Um, Each new area continued to, be a challenge and there's actually like a little bit of a difficulty increase right at the the ending part of the game as well um and um but just like gorgeous gorgeous level design beautiful aesthetic choices and like really like um there's a, a place called crumbling Faramazula um because we are now like five months plus out from the release of this game um that's just an, in, an incredibly ambitious concept for a level design where like it broke my brain how they would have possibly built it out and like somehow you make it through the space without really getting too lost necessarily but it's it's a space that's very prone to like feeling like overwhelming and, and getting lost and i don't want to spoil too much about is it like it a is. puzzle almost? And this is the end of the game, yeah? It was like the level that you had to beat before the like final push. I get it. What and did the so without spoiling anything, do you think the end of the game sufficed of like of what the game was in a whole, or did it disappoint a little bit? Or like what are your thoughts on that? <sighs> It's hard to say because it took me so long to beat the game. Um, it's if I look at it like any other FromSoft game, and I'm like, yeah, I like the narrative. I I like I lost a little bit of the thread on it. 
so that's fine. Like that's what I expect from 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 Soft's games. Um, I really had a hard time with the final two bosses, and so that led to frustration for me. But that's just what happens in from Soft games. Like that's been my experience universally with all of these so far. Okay. Um, and so like hitting a roadblock with the final boss soured the ending a tiny bit for me but then in retrospect um i yeah i I loved it and i think something that was really cool about is being able to set it down for a long period of time pick it back up get my feet back under me and still be challenged and impressed and like excited about what i was being shown through the whole I mean, I, I played the game for, like, I think 140 hours, Angie. And that's normal, though, that, that amount of time for just going through the game without even trying to get all the, like, collecting all the things that you need to collect. I mean, I, I'm a, I think I'm a slow player, but I think 100 to 120 is maybe, maybe a range. I'm going to go to how long to beat just to see what people are saying because like i said like i'm not as skilled at these games as some people are yeah how long to beat says main story plus extras 98 hours which is like about what i've been doing is main story plus extras completionist 131 hours and just main story is 52 supposedly um so i i fall on like the completionist length of time but I did like a lot of the extras, um, but not like all of it. So, so maybe I'm like a, a little bit below par, but not by too much. Well, and that's you know every play everybody plays the game a little bit differently too. They don't just like go right on to the next thing. You know, some people like to explore a little bit. Yeah, and like I definitely end up grinding um, here and there in these, or I'll like stop and and like kill enemies. Um, just to like farm experience, even if I could just ignore them sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I think that slows the pace down. Um, but overall, like I really loved it. Um, I've I've really loved following along with like lore videos and lore podcasts, um, doing like deep dives into the story. So now I'm getting to like re-experience the game in a lot of amazing ways. And, like see the things I missed, hear about like the plot threads that maybe like went a little over or under my head. You know, say um, maybe connect some of the dots that might have been missing there when you play right, the game. Which is like part of the fun of a FromSoft. Yeah. like is going in and like doing the homework afterwards or while you play it to like build that understanding out. Yeah. And speculate about the lore, which is cool, and it's been really neat playing through the game, trying really not to expose myself to that, and then getting to the point where now I've beaten it or had gotten far enough into it where I felt comfortable at least listening to stuff about the early game and like experiencing theory crafting happening in real time almost um which I didn't get to do with the old ones so that that's been really neat um I think I talked about beating Citizen Sleeper on the last episode we recorded but I did also beat that if I didn't mention that um I think the narrative's amazing it made me cry and I didn't even see all of the game um oh yeah, uh, highly recommended for people with Game Pass. It's a really like maybe like ten hour ish narrative game, um, and it it just blew me away. Um, but the the hot shit that I've been playing, the the 
fresh out the oven stuff that I've played um, was over the weekend, there was the test fire demo for uh, Splatoon 3's first Splatfest. Are you familiar with the way Splatoon does things? I know you're a, a competitive type person, so I was curious how familiar you are with Splatoon's. And that's actually one of the games that I haven't played before, which is interesting Oh, enough. really? Yeah, um, I've heard great things and I've been wanting to play it. I just haven't actually played it. I hope you get the opportunity to check out like a demo or something of it. Um because it's so unique um and i think it's amazing that nintendo's made a franchise out of it i just think it's like the coolest coolest universe um and it made me really happy when it premiered i mean on the wii u so almost eight years ago yeah Um, that that they were like jumping into this new ip with these really cool characters and really cool mechanics um splatoon 3 so the Splatfest in splatoon 3 instead of having two sides to pick from you have three sides to pick from and so uh the test fire splat fest uh in a splat fest you um pick a team to represent and that team is going to be like um they'll they'll propose a question like what's better um ketchup or mustard and people will pick the ketchup team or the mustard team and then as you win Splatfest multiplayer matches you win like points to yours winning the Splatfest. Um, and so um, the subject, the question for the three-way Splatfest test fire was rock, paper, or scissors. Um, I picked team paper, uh, and I only got in two games because I came to it a little bit late over the weekend, and it was a limited time demo. Um, oh. but I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it plays really similarly to what I remember Splatoon 2 being like, um, and I did get into some really competitive matches um, because people are really good at Splatoon. Um, but the things that stood out to me are, um, the character customization at the start and the, like, onboarding tutorial section has, like, a really cool vibe to it. Um, and one of the things I love the most is, um, people during a, there's, like, a social hub as you navigate the world of Splatoon, and people will draw these incredible drawing messages that pop up as text bubbles above their head. And then you can like um, give them like kudos for them. But during a splat fest, you'll see people like hyping up their team. And so there were all these really creative takes on like, Oh, team paper is going to kick your butt. Um, And they did like characters (laughs) from paper Mario, right? Like the paper Mario style Goombas, which I thought was like, or, or like, you know, people with like a burning fist for the rock, you know? And like, um, and this is all like fan art in the game, like promoting the excitement around the Splatfest. Oh, and man. Um, that's like a unique Nintendo-ass Nintendo thing that Splatoon does that I love. Um, the last thing, real quick, um, I finally cracked open the Kirby and the Forgotten Land demo, uh, which is the 3D Kirby platformer for the Switch that came out really early this year. Um, I think it came out like right around Elden Ring. I need to play this demo. I love Kirby. I've loved it since it was on, like, what was it, the NES? Or SNES. Yes, so, NES. two major recommendations. Please do play the demo. I think it's really fun. And, like, if this game ever goes on sale and I've, like, cleared up a little bit of my Switch backlog, I will probably get it. It, it was really adorable and fun. Um, it has two-player co-op. 
Um, and I actually think it'll be a really good game to play with my girlfriend because she sometimes struggles with 3D cameras, but I think it's ah. paced in a really friendly way that would make that more approachable for her to get a chance to kind of learn how to navigate a 3D space better. Um, we were doing a little bit of that in Luigi's Mansion 3, but um, even that was like a little bit tough and that has more of a fixed camera. Yeah. Um, but um, Sakurai, the creator of Kirby and the creator of Super Smash Brothers, has recently started a YouTube channel. Um, I highly recommend everyone go check it out. Um, he's put out a number of episodes already and it's only been a week. And it's all about fundamentals of game design. Um, oh. And he talks a lot about his history designing games, which means he talks a lot about those original Kirby games. Um, and so I, I'm sure there'll be a lot, especially for you if you love Kirby, yes. uh, to see and enjoy there. You know um, what you should do? You should post a link um, in the Slack so then I can, I'll post that on the Twitter. I'm finding it right now. On the Twitter. How old am I? Jesus. Post it on the Twitters. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with that, and with our time crunch hitting us, it's time to transition from Kirby into some bigger Nintendo news in the news section. It's the, news. Uh, the first piece of news that I want to jump into uh, is being reported on in a number of different places. We're reading from Eddie McCooch over at GameSpot, who's saying that Nintendo Direct with news of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess remasters for Switch will be coming in September dash report. The next Nintendo Direct could be held in September and has been described as a, quote, Zelda blowout, end quote. In reading the article, this news was generated by the one and only Jeffy Jeffy Grub Grub, Jeff Grub from Giant Bomb and Mike Minotti from GamesBeat on a recent podcast of theirs, probably last of the Nintendogs, if I had to guess. It is last of the Nintendogs, episode 60. Um, and uh, it, they had said uh, that it will be a Zelda blowout Um I had kind of forgotten that we've seen so much of Breath of the Wild sequel, but don't have that release date yet. Um, and seeing this news that there was going to be a Nintendo Direct in a couple of weeks, uh, potentially highlighting the ports of these two um, GameCube era Zelda games to the Switch finally, um, made me hope that we would get some other exciting news as well. What do you think is going to happen at this, Angie? You know, I'm not sure. But what I hope is that it, that we uh, do get these remasters for the Switch. Because I did the demo for Wind Waker. Never fully played the game. Loved it. Oh and my I've gosh. never played Twilight Princess either. Oh, well, they're so, both really, really like delightful video games i want to play both so bad um, so for the switch it would be even more awesome so i i'm excited if this is, will happen i hope it happens for real do you have any inkling so if you remember they did like a collection of the 3d mario games right the 3d mario superstars 
uh, are all stars. Do you think we'll get a similar collection of the, you know, say we get Zelda Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess? Do you think they bundle that in a collection, or do you think they just do two individual ports? Honestly, if they didn't, they'd be losing out on some money because I feel like a lot of people would be would buy that bundle, and me being one of them. Right. I, I don't know that I would buy them individually, but if there was, like, similar to the way they did the time-limited anniversary All-Stars thing, mm-hmm. I would probably take that bait for this. I Frankly, yeah. I'm a bigger Zelda fan than I am a, a Mario fan. I um, agree. I, I did want the opportunity to check out um, Mario 64, and that was before they had the um, expansion pass with the N64 emulation, so... Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, that that's the main reason I grabbed it is because I really hadn't played that game all the way through. The only version I had really played was the one on the Nintendo DS, which um, wasn't the most smooth of a control situation for a 3D platformer <laughs> um, using the stylus as the camera control, I believe. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. Um, I also think rumors of Nintendo Directs do just run rampant. Um, Rampant? Rampant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think Jeff Grubb and, and Mike Minotti have, have kind of proven their reliability as kind of uh, people who get wind of things a little bit early, if that makes sense. Yep. The next news story is from Tom Warren over at The Verge saying Xbox Game Pass Friends and Family League suggests you can share with friends. A leak of potential branding for Microsoft's upcoming Xbox Game Pass family subscription suggests you'll be able to share a subscription with friends too. Microsoft started testing its game, its Xbox Game Pass family plan in Ireland and Colombia earlier this month, and now Twitter leaker, oh my gosh, Agiornamenti Lumia. Agiornamenti Lumia has spotted Game Game Pass Friends and Family branding. What do you think about this? Is this something... Do you take advantage of existing family plans for these subscriptions and and share them out with friends or family? You know, um, I don't, like... For the Switch, I know that the they have like a family pack, or you can share it amongst a certain number of people. I think, mm-hmm. I believe John would know more about this situation than I. Um, but it, if they get this, or if they have make it available, I would totally buy it um, because then I would have one for myself, and that would allow um, my nephew to use it because he. So then he has his own you know, um, game, gamer tag set up and all that jazz on his Mm -hmm. Xbox. Um, or when he comes over to play, he can sign in on his own thing. So he didn't have to, doesn't have to play mine. And then, you know, he can, um, he can gather up those, that gamer score himself, um, versus putting a gamer score 
piling it onto mine, which is fine. I don't mind having my gamer score go up, but I just want him to be able to create his own because he loves gaming so much. Because I remember yeah. when I was younger, watching my brother get his score to go up or getting these achievements, I was like, oh, that's cool. I want mine to be like that. And so I just, I wanted to get him on that path too. So being able to share, I think would be awesome. I wouldn't mind, I don't mind buying my nephew his own, but I feel like being able to share just makes things a little bit more easy. Mm. And, I, yeah. I'm, and I think if I'm remembering correctly from what I read that you just at least, I think in this, in this uh, article here, it does mention you just have to be in the same country as the person. Oh, neat. So that's kind of awesome. It's a, it's a good step. I mean, I know people do move to a different country and they want to share with like family that's back home and that, that would suck, but. Maybe they can make friends and share with their friends in the new country. Maybe. I don't know. But either way, I, I like the idea and I'm excited about it. And I was literally talking about this with someone before they came out with the news. I was thinking, oh, I was talking with somebody. That would be a really awesome idea if they did that. And then all of a sudden the next week, boom, they talk about it. I'm like, hey, what? Did they hear me? <laughs> they flooded uh... my house. You're, you're predicting the gaming future yet again. I'm trying. So um, with that, I want to move on to the mostly normal question of the week, which you pulled from a tweet from G4TV. Do you want to throw this question out there? Yeah, well, we posted it last week, um, this question. So what is the best quote in a video game. Um, oh, I was looking at a different question. I have a new question that I posted today. Okay. But so, last week you we posted quote. this one. Yeah, what do you think would be your best quote? We did have somebody um, that commented on our um, Twitter page, so on that tweet anyways. So at <laughs> – oh, I hold on. I spelled their name incorrectly. i got to fix it. Otherwise, I'm going to – okay. So at HorrorHoochie69 – love the name, replied, stand amongst the ashes of a trillion dead souls and ask the ghosts if honor matters. matters. Their silence is your answer. Did we ever hear what game that's from? No, but I've seen it another place before too, and I'm wondering where that is from. And I thought maybe like, like a Dark Souls game or if it was, nope, nope, that's not right. Where is that from? Is it from a Call of Duty game? I don't know. I don't know either. But if somebody knows, tweet us back and let us know. Because I didn't want to, like... Honestly, I didn't want to sound like an idiot and not know on Twitter. So maybe humility, I should know. Humility is healthy. You're fine. You can, uh, you can ask questions. There's no such thing as a dumb question. But yeah, no, I have, I have no idea where that came from. But I, regardless of not knowing where it came from, I do like the quote alone. It's, I mean, it makes you think, honestly. Do you yeah. have a, a quote or at least a quote that you're, that, re, that you remember, that you do remember the most? The most memorable one to me is from Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And it's Dracula saying, and I did have to look it up to get it exactly right. So it's not something I've memorized. What is a man? And then he flings his wine and glass to the side. A miserable little pile of secrets. That's the one that stands out to me. <laughs> I like the voice, too. That's awesome. 
well, it's just very memed, you know, and the delivery in the game, because it has audio, right? It's a PS1 game. Um, you know, it, it's, it is one of those, like, very memed lines, and it's very big in the speedrunning community around that game. Um, so that, that one sticks out to me just because I, when I think about uh, game quotes, it's often the ones that get turned into memes that I actually remember. Right. Um, how about you? Um, the one I can think of is um, a Halo quote. A hero need not speak. When he is gone, the world will speak for him. Mm, that quote is pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> I, I like that one. There's a lot of good ones, though. I, I mean, it's hard to tell which one is best, honestly, but um, that one is a good one, I think. But um, we did post a new question um, today, which being Wednesday the 31st. Um, everybody will see it on that day. Um, and we'll, uh, and people will hear what we think to this question when the, this uh, episode comes out. But the new question is, again, I think it's from G4. They just have some great questions. I'm just stealing their stuff. What game has the best theme music? I already have an answer. Tell can me. I wait till next week? No, no, you can tell, tell us. So then when people listen to this this uh, episode, they can know what we think. James um, and uh, John will have to tweet theirs. Yeah, we should tag them in it. I um, I have two answers. My first answer... Yes, tell me. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Because it has every video game. But like the theme in itself is very stirring. My real answer is Persona 5. Like, Persona 5's theme song is so sick that it made me, like, get into a game series that I hadn't really paid attention to before. And then, like, the nostalgic answer and just the answer that was procced by you using a Halo quote was, like, I do think the Halo theme is sick. I was thinking the same thing. Like, I was gonna have Halo as being my top one, but it... I think it will be in general because it just, it's one of those most memorable ones that everybody, everybody has heard it. Everybody knows it. And it was, I think it won awards for their music, to be honest with you, if I can, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. um, but um, mine that I'm going with would be maybe because I've been playing it recently, but the Gears of War theme music. It just, if you listen to it, I feel like it has, depth and it also gets you going and ready ready for the fight at the same time it's mm -hmm. it's interesting in that way but a, a classic one that i also i guess you could say an honorable mention um would be the legend of zelda a link to the past like you can't oh, not can i say that you it's in your head i bet i bet you're just like hearing it already when you when you hear you know that. honestly i i might have to take it back i take back everything i said <laughs> It, it might have to be the title screen music from Ocarina of Time. Oh, God, yes. That is also a really good choice. Really good choice. One time in high school, <laughs> they had, like, I had just downloaded it off of um, the uh, Wii's virtual console, right? Oh. And I once just sat with that 
title sequence on a loop and it drove me to tears from the amount of childhood nostalgia and beauty like i i i went that makes sense yeah so I, I think it has to be that one <laughs> but um honorable mention to the to the three i mentioned earlier but i'm sorry Zelda Zelda ocarina of time is does hit different for me it does <laughs> I mean, quite literally, right? Um, yeah, it, it. I. Uh, there's a really beautiful cover of it by the jazz group Bad Bad Not Good, uh, that I believe was on Bad Bad Not Good BBNG One, which was their first like jazz mixtape that I don't think is on any actual streaming services. But if you go to YouTube, you can definitely find uh, the Bad Bad Not Good cover of the. It's a Zelda medley, so it goes through like a bunch of Ocarina of Time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, highly recommended. They were like real young gun, like college student age jazz musicians the time they recorded that. Um, That's impressive, really. Yeah, it was, it's really worth checking out. But with all of that said, that's going to do it for this week's show. Angie, thank you so much for jumping on and recording with me. It's been so fun getting to catch up with you and hopefully we'll be able to keep a regular cadence going again soon. Well, I'm glad um, that I'm not the only one trying to speed run summer here. So that makes me feel good. Yeah, we all are trying to get it in <laughs> while it's while it's still technically nice enough out to do so. Right. Um, where can folks find you on the internet this week? On the internets, uh, at Stellar Smalls. On well, mostly Twitter. Mostly Twitter, indeed. Um, you can <laughs> find me at VG Occasion on Twitter as well. Please... Feel free to contribute to the content if you can. Shoot us an email at podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Follow the Twitter account at Podcast, where we post uh, mostly normal questions each week, where we poll the community and where we'd love to interact with you all. And then, of course, check out our old newsletter, mngamers.substack.com. mngamers.substack.com. It's where you can read some of our team's old writing. Finally, find us on your podcast platform of choice. Leave us a positive review. Drop five stars on us on iTunes. It really helps promote the show. And tell a friend, you know, if you really enjoy what we're doing, have one buddy check us out the next time the episode goes. With yeah. that, um, it's been real. It's time to go play some games. Bye. Bye.